0: from the Redeemer Radio 95.7 Studios in the shadows
1: of
2: the Golden Dome, this is Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays.
3: Six days away from the college football playoff between Notre Dame and Alabama, seven days removed from the debacle in the ACC Championship game, and a day after Christmas. Merry Christmas, everyone, and welcome to Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays, Notre Dame FCU, where you bank does matter. On am Angel DiCarlo, joined by Kevin Downey, back after a few weeks. Kevin, welcome back. How was... Uh How was Christmas?
1: Oh, it was great. With all those nine kids, we had tons of fun. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone's good to go. Obviously, we mentioned on
3: the show and on social that you guys uh, were battling COVID. But you look great. You look the best you've been. Uh, And how is everyone feeling?
1: Oh, It was really good. I guess we're blessed that we made it through. Um, Yeah, and we're all doing well. So symptom-free, ready to
3: continue on with life. That's the most important thing. Uh, And coming up on today's show... Ooh, we got a lot to talk about, but while Alabama players got the opportunity to go home for a few days for Christmas because many of them live within driving distance mm-hmm. of school, Notre Dame had a, you know, their national university kept uh, its players on campus over Christmas break because of COVID-19. And I imagine, Kevin, this team's still probably stewing Over last week's performance against Clemson, where the Irish lost 34 to 10. You actually decided to watch it back yesterday to see if it was. I did. did.
1: Was it as for punishment? Was it as bad? uh, You know, I watched the first half again. um, And until the last drive of the first half by Clemson, it wasn't bad. I mean, it was, you know, 14, three, you know, it wasn't bad. Um, But I guess the feeling from the game. was that, man, that was really not good that Clemson really got all over Nardame. Uh, From a coaching perspective, I guess it would make me nervous that I knew I threw all my, uh, you know, what had got me up to, to there to that point. Everything that they did, they had success against other opponents. but. That Clemson team with Trevor Lawrence back, and then with those four defensive starters, that was a, a different animal.
3: You had said back in November when they played that you thought Trevor Lawrence was worth two touchdowns. Yeah. It turns out he was worth four. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, and his draft stock keeps rising. He's pretty good. Think, well, I don't know if it can rise <laughs> anymore. I mean,
3: he's already going to be the number one pick. Can it rise any more than it is? They might just guarantee him $50 million right out of
1: the gate. I, I was, I guess, super impressed, uh, just the impact that he had with his legs, I I know design runs, but I mean, he just looked really good, and he's he's an odd athlete in so far as that he's so tall, so he's so rangy, he doesn't look like he's moving fast, but man, he gains a lot of yards, and he's physical for. Again, as slight or skinny as he looks. All right, we'll obviously talk a lot more about the loss to Clemson, preview this matchup with Alabama in the college
3: football playoff. Also on tap on this morning show, Irish Illustrated's Tim Priester is our special guest. He was there in person for the Clemson game, gives us his thoughts on where the Irish program stands. And of course, we get in depth on Alabama as well. Can the Irish contain Alabama's offense? How will they do that? We'll hear from Brian Kelly on some strategy possibilities. Plus, how different are both the Notre Dame and Alabama programs? Since Alabama blitzed Notre Dame in the national title game in 2012, Coach Kelly and Nick Saban weigh in on that. And our poll question today, very simple. Who wins the national championship? Go to twitter.com slash Anj to cast your vote for number one Alabama, number two Ohio State, number three Clemson, or number four Notre Dame. We'll have the results coming up later. What did I say? Oh, I put Clemson three. I don't know why I did that. Number one Alabama, number two Clemson, number three Ohio State number four, Notre Dame. I think I gotta write it on the poll question itself. Um, so let's let's dive into this a little bit more, Kevin. Obviously the 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 way the Irish played in this game was uh I guess more reminiscent of the way Notre Dame lost in big games in prior years, leading to the point that there were Notre Dame fans saying, I don't even want to be in the playoffs. <laughs> Put us in the Orange Bowl. Put us in the Fiesta Bowl. Let us play Georgia. Let us play someone else. I think this mentality is insane. Only in college football do we actually not want to make the playoffs. Unless you're getting the number one pick or something. But only in college football do you say, yeah, I don't want the chance at the National Championship because I'm worried about getting blown out. Who cares? Go and get your chance to win. There's only so many chances to get in this. I
1: I That's a fan's perspective. I would say, from a coach and a player, I mean, yeah, you want you want a chance to be in the playoffs, you could win it all, you, especially in this year. Who who knows? I mean, you get a chance to now play the number one team in the nation. You already beat the number one team in the nation once. You got a good uh, chemistry, good group of people. But,
3: oh, oh no no no! You can't say they beat the number one team in the nation here. I'm, I'm putting <laughs> Minus on. five really good players. I, I'm I'm putting the I'm putting the fan voice on. No 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 no! It doesn't count. Trevor wasn't there, you know. I told you people this back in um. in November. I said what's gonna happen is the fact that when Trevor comes back, people and if Notre Dame lost, people are gonna be like, "Oh yeah, that, that game didn't mean anything."
1: Well, I think it's how they lost too. I mean, they they really got. Um Beaten down pretty bad offensively and defensively. The score even wasn't as close
3: because <laughs> of that last minute. Yeah, the score, score is not Chris indicative. Harry. Yeah, the score is definitely not indicative <laughs> of how bad this game turned out to be. Yeah. In it. Um, yeah. Well, you mentioned Chris Tyree. Obviously, w- will he play more now against Alabama and will they use him more? They didn't really use him. And then all of a sudden, he did something in that game. Um, and Kyron Williams, I don't know. You know, 15 carries, 50 yards, only 3.3 3 yards per carry. Meanwhile, Travis Etienne, after having what, 27 yards the first time around, 10 carries, 124 yards. And the dagger was that 44 yard touchdown that pretty much said.
1: This game's over. Well, the yeah. line play, I think, flipped <laughs> drastically, right? Yeah. The they, uh, Clemson did a really good job up front. And then, you know, there is the injury to the center. We talked about that a little bit, too, sure. for, for uh, Notre Dame. And nothing against the backups that come in. Again, that's still a strength, but... If you're razor thin, um, th- something happened because they couldn't run the ball. They, they weren't doing any new trick plays or anything. Uh, what they had done that made them successful and <laughs> got them to that point when they tried to run it last time they were out uh, Notre Dame, they just they didn't look the same.
3: Well, you know, Jared, Jared Patterson's fantastic center and, and losing him. You know, then you go to Josh Lug is a tackle who was playing mm-hmm. guard and then playing center. So he adjusted and then Z Correll, I don't think is back up to speed. He's also only really a freshman. So yeah, you have that aspect. And then Tommy Kramer came back, you know, he played a little bit against Syracuse, but he was out prior to that and you know, he got his appendix taken out. So you don't know what the effects of that. I think they just haven't had chemistry on that offensive line. It's been off since the Clemson game, really, you know, uh, so they, they have when you, when you're mixing and matching Things change on it. Yeah. And then when Clemson gets four guys back, things change
1: on it too. <laughs> that are right up front. Yeah. Um man. And again, they're gonna still they're gonna have to, you know, run the ball. They're gonna have to do what they did. Their best plays and their best players, even if not at full strength, you gotta give your best effort. So that's gonna be run the ball. It's gonna be Evan Williams do it. Um I'd say just from a coaching perspective like if they can stay away from straight drop back passing, that could be a good thing for Ian Book. You know, all the things that we kind of well, cheer when it works, when he scrambles around and looks good, that's great. But to be honest, I mean, when he, uh, yeah, he just had so much pressure, especially well, in the second half. He
3: he he rushed for about uh, 772 yards horizontally <laughs> in this game, or behind the line of scrimmage, I should say. And, and you know what? kudos to Brent Venables because he figured out a game plan to contain Ian book and make sure that he couldn't run the ball when he was out scrambling. And Tommy Reese and Brian Kelly now have to adjust because Mm -hmm. now the blueprint is there for Nick Saban. You know, maybe Nick Saban's like, darn, I knew this. And Venables did it a little too early. I wanted to wait to do it. You'd think they, they have the blueprint now to do it. And, and their Dame's got to figure out the counterpunch to that because if they don't, it's going to be another blowout. I mean, and yeah. people expect it to be another blowout, but they got to figure out, I don't think this offense is anywhere near as good if Book is not capable of making those scramble plays.
4: Well,
1: I think... I guess two things well three try just to avoid the straight drop back pass where it's obvious uh if they're going to pass or not because that's when you know he gets into a little bit of trouble or has to improvise um two you know he is good on the run so so more of that play action or design rollouts or bootlegs stuff where he is moving but intentionally (laughs) and the blockers know where he's going and then if you are going to do some uh passes like make them quick so that it doesn't just have to come down to him because again I know I'm an Ian Book fan he's good but he doesn't look good when he's running all around um, dodging his own linemen and defensive guys you know uh, and one thing that has been a
3: problem all year I'm going to talk with Tim Priester about this a little bit later on as well Is the red zone efficiency it's obviously been a problem now they only got one chance in the red zone they did not convert Mm -hmm. on it Um, so but on the season Notre Dame has scored on 79% of their trips to the red zone but in terms of touchdowns they've only scored on 59% of their trips let's show you the Alabama numbers now Alabama has scored in 92% of the trips they've scored touchdowns on 77% of the trips and by the way the numbers are about the same Alabama's gone to the red zone 60 times this season Notre Dame has been to the red zone 56 times this season. So it's been about even in that regard. But Alabama scoring touchdowns 77%. Notre Dame scoring touchdowns 59%. That is a load of a difference. And that is probably the number one thing Tommy Reese's offense has not done well this year.
1: Yeah. I mean, early, I thought that they they were doing a really good job in the uh, red zone with being physical and being able to pound it in. Maybe a little play action. Uh, I mean, they, they still... They don't they have big receivers but I wouldn't say they necessarily have a go-to guy for a jump ball so you eliminate that in the red well, zone. Well, they have
3: Michael Mayer and they don't use him
1: <laughs> for but that again, purpose. Yeah, yeah. Again, he's he's more, you know, that interior type player. I don't know. It it's I think it's it comes back to the the offensive line which it almost doesn't make sense because that's still their strength, but um with the pass- Couple games, yeah. No, I, I don't get it, and you're right, it's so close. But boy, you look at Alabama, that'd be really fun to talk about 92% scoring touchdowns, <laughs> 77% score oh, touchdown. 92% 92% scoring touchdowns, 92% scoring. So, yeah, that's well. And then you got Jonathan
3: Doran, who knows what's going on there? I mean, the guy makes a 51 yard field goal and then misses a chip shot, yeah. so and then they didn't go back to him the next time because they were too worried about it. And then you're like, okay, now you're leaving points on the table. I now did it matter. Maybe not, obviously, but um, you're still leaving points on the board. And now I think you're going into this Alabama game, and you have no idea if you could trust your kicker all
1: of a sudden. So, I mean. Yeah, you just got to let it all hang out now. I I
3: know. I know. I know. I know you went to multiple state title games, and you never had a kicker. So, I know you're not a kicker. You're not a kicking coach. Just give it a shot. All
1: right.
3: here's. uh, Let's listen it on obviously everyone's wondering if Notre Dame has a shot 20 point underdogs in this one, that line's moving around. But Brian Kelly asked if Notre Dame is able to compete at the highest level versus the biggest opponents.
4: Uh, We didn't play with the same edge. Uh, We didn't play with the same kind of um, uh, tenacity necessary in a championship game. Uh, That's on me. Um, You know, I've got to get our team to play better in in that moment. Um, uh, But you know, there wasn't this gap of physicality um, that, that, uh, that had been there in the past. So uh, we've got to play with, a, uh, you know, certainly um, a higher level of uh, urgency. Um, we've got to have guys step up and make plays. We've got playmakers have to make plays. Clemson stepped up and made plays. We just didn't make enough plays. So certainly capable as a football team to go in and, and beat anybody on any given day. Um, that probably wasn't the case a few years back. Uh, but we've got to play up to our level, and uh, that will be the case going against the great Alabama team. Do you think there was a gap in physicality?
1: Not as big as it was a couple of years ago when okay. Alabama just throttled them. Well, yeah, for me, <laughs> or years ago. I guess even Clemson a couple of years ago got after them. But this him the-
3: felt an awful lot like the 2018 Notre Dame Clemson game. I mean if you think about close it close
1: for a half, I could see that point. I, I don't know. I, I guess the Notre Dame's defense has gotten more physical. Yes, I agree. So but,
3: uh, <laughs> they're more physical, but in the biggest game, were they more physical? Like I, I get it. If we're counting the first 10, right. And that counts. But in this game, I don't feel like the offensive line was as physical. I don't, the, I don't know if the defense was as physical in this game. I don't, I don't, I, Jeremiah wusso Carmo didn't light a guy up in this game as far as I remember. Like, you know,
1: so. And there's some big plays too. There's big pass play there. You know, the big run by Trevor Lawrence where he wasn't touched. I mean, yeah, I, I still think overall though, that they're, they're much better. And I I guess I don't have any evidence to tell you why. Well, no, they're, they're better, but uh, Clemson and Alabama are
4: also
3: better. Yes. Maybe maybe Clemson's not as good as 2018. I'll I'll, I'll concede that. But Alabama now uh, has a really good offense on top mm-hmm. of already having a always a really good defense. Yeah. So I mean, and maybe their defense is not as strong now, but as it was. But when you're scoring 50 points a game, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck scoring 52 on Alabama. That's what it might have to take. Big thank you to Rack for all their support of our internship program that we run with students from St. Joseph and Marion High Schools here in Michigan. The students receive practical college-level internship experience helping out with our broadcasts of high school football and basketball. Wouldn't be possible without the underwriting support from the folks at Rack. More tires, great prices. Visit tirerack.com. All right, uh, coming up, Tim Priester of Irish Illustrated joins us to give us his take on where the Notre Dame program sits heading into this matchup against Alabama. And up next, we're going to talk a lot more about Alabama. How do you stop their offense with three guys in the top five in the Heisman uh, voting? We'll try to sort through it, plus have uh, an update on where the programs have evolved since 2012. That's next on our Christmas edition of Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays on Redeemer Radio.
2: Elevate 150 Financial Checkups at Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. Here's how it works. Go online and schedule a 30-minute phone call. They'll guide you through your credit report to find ways to improve your financial health. Then they'll send $150 in your name to Redeemer Radio. For information, visit NotreDameFCU.com slash elevate. You already share our values. Why not share in our benefits? Notre Dame FCU.
3: You like all things Notre Dame, stick around after our show for Church Life Today. Lenny DiLorenzo of the Institute for Church Life at Notre Dame is your host. It's all local Saturday on Redeemer Radio. Church Life Today is next, followed by Dr. Doctor at eleven and Truth and Charity with Bishop Rhodes coming up at noon. All right, welcome back here. Angel DiCarlo, Kevin Downey, Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays, turning our attention more in depth now to Notre Dame versus Alabama. Uh, you know, obviously they played in the national championship back in 2012, January of 2013, and Alabama blitzed the Irish in that game. Let me let me tell you a quick little story, Kevin, about that one. <laughs> so, we had a very elaborate first of all, our pregame was awesome on WNDU, we had Lou Holtz on live, it was great. Um, you know, it was a fabulous pregame on the field there at the National Championship. Postgame, we had everything planned. Jeff Jeffers was going to be, God rest his soul, was going to be live on the field after the game. I was going to be live in the locker room. We were allowed to be live in the locker room and everything like that. After the game, Chuck Freeby and Marie McFadden were hosting back at the WNDU <laughs> studios. Kevin Lewis was going to be at Corby's. Uh, Barbara Harrington was going to be at Brothers. Someone else I don't remember was going to be at the Joyce Center for the watch party with fans. And then Alabama scores the first touchdown. Okay. Then Alabama scores the next <laughs> touchdown. Uh, yeah, we're gonna pull the person from the Joyce Center. Everyone's already leaving. Alabama scores the next touchdown. Yeah, we're not gonna have this part in. Alabama scores the next touchdown. Yeah, Anja, I don't think you need to be live in the locker room. Alabama scores the next. T- okay, Marine's going home as well. We're just gonna have <laughs> Chuck go to the press conference and get this over with as quickly as possible. <laughs> And that all happened in like 45 minutes. Yeah. Because that's how bad that game was. <laughs> and that's why. Fans- well, and they
1: jumped on him so early and that it snowballed really bad. And I remember just thinking, there's a, a talent gap here, like like pretty bad. God love these guys from Notre Dame. And they did have some some good playmakers, but. Wow, there's just a difference. Um, well, there's a
3: lack of yeah, depth. Yeah, there's a
1: gap. A huge and that, gap.
3: And that's one of the things Brian Kelly has felt Notre Dame has made strides in is they've closed the gap in terms of they've gotten more depth.
1: More in a lot of positions, I think so. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Defensive line, uh, I would say, is vastly improved for depth. Linebacker this year, they have a lot of depth. Um Still a little thin in the secondary. <laughs> they're better in the secondary, but their the corners more thin. are better. Yeah, yeah. Well, know.
3: even the. Div- I mean, they were really young that year in the secondary. Yeah. Um. I mean, they were starting a freshman in Matthias Farley. They're starting mm-hmm. a freshman in Kavari Russell. So I mean, they were really, they were really young in that secondary that year. And then offensively, you know, Everett Golson was was really young. Yeah. Um. So they were really, they have more depth this year. There's no question. Mm-hmm. But Alabama is. They've evolved, too. I mean, here's a team that was built on defense, and they're going to punish you on offense yeah. with their their big offensive line. Well, they, they have that big offensive line, but they also Still. now all of a sudden <laughs> have uh, a Heisman candidate at running back, yeah. a Heisman candidate at quarterback, a Heisman candidate at wide, wide receiver. receiver. <laughs> so, so they got a little bit of every, everything. So uh, here's what um, Alabama coach Nick Saban, had to say about how his team has evolved since 2012.
2: I think the basic fundamental culture that we try to create in our program is, uh, not really changed that much, uh, in terms of, you know, helping players be more successful in life or having been in a pro- program, whether it's personal development, academic support, career development, uh, development as football players. Uh, but how we play on the field, uh, we've, we've probably changed as the game has changed. Um, know play a little different style on offense Um, you know we were more run the ball play action pass NFL type offense probably back in the 2012 days Um, then you know we are right now uh, more you know sort of NFL style but also incorporated a lot of the spread concepts of RPOs and those types of things so um, we've kind of evolved Uh, a little bit as the game has evolved on the field, Uh, but the culture of the program really hasn't changed. 38, 52,
3: 63, 41, 48, 41, 63, 42, 55, 52, 52. That would be the number of points scored by Alabama in all 11 games this year against all SEC opponents. Let me read that back to you. 38, okay. 52, 63, 41. That was against Georgia. 52 was against Texas A&M. 48, 41, 63, 42 against Auburn. 55, 52, 52. I mean.
1: Yeah, no, they can score. They can score. <laughs> well, in I do think that their program has evolved. Like he said, as the game has changed, it almost made it more dangerous. So they were always, always had great recruiting across the board. They could always, you know, run the ball. So good offensive line, good tight ends. They would usually have a game manager at quarterback. Yeah, Mac Jones is not a game manager. (laughs) He can, he can spit it, but they always had uh, really good running backs too. Right. And a lot of depth. Now that they're getting the wide receivers, more of the ball, they do more of the, Jet sweeps, more of the just more people are involved. Um, You get to see more of their recruiting prowess because they got they they even lost a really good wide receiver earlier in the year and now they have their number two guys, as you mentioned, a Heisman Trophy. Um, maybe maybe the finalist. favorite maybe okay. the favorite yeah I,
3: I, I think Trevor's gonna win it but that's beside the point they got three guys in the top five two as the finalists Mac Jones the quarterback is a finalist Devonta Smith is a finalist and then Nadia Harris their running back uh, finished fifth in the voting let's look at these numbers Mac Jones has completed seventy six point five percent of his passes yeah three thousand seven hundred thirty nine yards three hundred forty yards per game thirty two touchdowns four interceptions thirty two touchdowns four interceptions
1: yeah the coach speak they like that one <laughs> don't 30, turn the ball over <laughs> 32 touchdowns four interceptions i mean
3: what's he in books
1: well and if you watch him play too they're... 18 touchdowns two <laughs> picks ian book i know they can go over the top of those big wide receivers too i mean they can they can go vertical and score a 60 yard I- touchdown are you on? Are you on the air right now? <laughs> if
3: you're gonna chime in, you could be the voice of God, Ilya. I, I-, I-, I should, probably shouldn't say that. You could, you just chime in. What do, A- what Alabama
5: do you is not. Their wide receivers aren't bigger, like compared to everyone. They're just faster than everybody else. They they just burn you down the field, and their yeah? patterns are just like they do so many double moves, especially like against cover one. Like it's yeah. ridiculous what they do offensively. Uh
3: yeah, Devonta Smith, ninety-eight catches this year. Seventeen <laughs> touchdown
5: catches. Twenty percent of his catches are for what touchdowns. What about fifteen point four yards per catch? That's
3: pretty good. Yeah, that's over a first down every time he touches 137 <laughs> yards per game is also pretty good. By the way, Najee Harris, the running yeah. back, uh, you know, he's only averaging five point nine yards per carry. He's got twelve hundred and sixty two yards rushing, one hundred and fifteen yards per game, and twenty four touchdowns.
1: And twenty four touchdowns. Yeah, when you watch him consistently, he's the one that kind of drives the the whole
5: <laughs> the whole engine. He's the reason why they are so successful in the red zone because they can just hand it off, and he could also catch out of the backfield. You saw what he did against A and M with that ridiculous catch off the wheel route against like oh, yeah, double he's coverage. Good. He's an amazing running back. I think in terms of like the NFL draft, he's very undervalued.
3: Yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't think you're wrong, Ilya. I mean, I don't think any of those three are undervalued. In fact, but I personally like Devonta Smith the best out of the out of the bunch. He's just uh, when you when you can when you know you could just he's like Claypool times two. Like you, you <laughs> throw it to him, and all right, he's gonna make every catch, and yeah. then he's like you said, fifteen point four yards per carry. I don't know which one do you think is the uh, biggest uh, game wrecker of the three.
1: I, you know, I think I'm going running back, not Jay Harris. I think that he just has a bigger impact because he's going to be able to just pound it and then, yeah, his red zone effect.
3: (laughs) All right. So, how do you stop this team? You don't. But here's Brian (laughs) Kelly and Notre Dame's strategy to contain Alabama's offense.
4: You know, they have been a buzzsaw against everybody. So, you know, I would think that there's going to have to be some ball control, uh, which we can uh, play that kind of game, certainly. Um, And and limited big plays, right? you are going to make them earn it all the way down the field. So those two components will certainly, I I would think, uh, be part of the game plan, which is, again, you know, leaning on our offensive line to, uh, you know, have some ball control elements. And then certainly from a defensive standpoint, um, making sure that uh, we limit the the big chunk plays.
3: Okay. So – I think they do need to have those 7-8 minute drives on offense to have a shot in this game. Yeah. I just don't know if they can get them. That's true. I mean, if but if they can and they did that a lot this season, um if they can get 7 to 8 minute drives on offense and pound the ball, then maybe they can that's your way of keeping Alabama's offense off the field, right? And yep. then then you got to score in the red zone. Yeah. Um but that's 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 their only chance in my mind of of having to win this. I just don't know if they can have those drives with the way the, this offensive line is currently looking. What do you think?
1: I, I mean, I think they have to, uh, have to try and have to do what they do well, which is going to be run the ball. Um, heavy and book make some plays with his, his legs again, getting back to the, uh, the Alabama offense. Yeah. They're really good at lots of things, but also Notre Dame's defense with the exception of this last game, um, you know they can they can make an impact if they have some big plays too. Well, they they need some they need
3: Jeremiah Uso-Kermo, who is the Buckus Award winner to do something special. Yeah. They need Kyle Hamilton to do something se- special. Defensive line, multiple
1: players have to to make an impact.
3: They got to make sure they protect Sean Crawford because mm-hmm. he was expensive. Exploited yeah. by uh, by Clemson in that game was picked apart by Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, here's uh, here's Alabama quarterback Mac Jones on facing Notre Dame's defense. I know
2: they have a really old defense. I think there's nine seniors on the starting defense. Obviously, they have great players from top to bottom. A great defensive coordinator. Um, they play really sound football. They rush to the ball, you know, so I, and they're really good on third down. That's the other thing that's really impressed me. Um, on third down, they kind of change things up a little bit and give you some more exotic looks. And I think they're like fifth in the country on third down. Um, and obviously, they're top defense in the country. And um, those guys play with class, and they play really hard. And I'm really looking forward to going against them, and I hope it will be a really good game.
3: That is Heisman contender Mac Jones, quarterback for Alabama. Don't, only a junior. Um,
1: I did see that. <laughs>
3: Let me ask you this. Are you more confident in the Notre Dame offense putting up big points against Alabama's defense, which is not the same Alabama defense of years past, but still good? Uh, Or are you more confident in Notre Dame's defense containing Alabama's explosive offense and keeping them under, I don't know, 40 or something like that? Uh, Or are you not confident in either?
1: uh, No, with how inconsistent the uh, Notre Dame's offense was in their last game, I would say I'm I'm more confident in their defense being wow. able to to try to handle um, Alabama's offense, which means they got no chance. No, they, again, the front seven is <laughs> if, if they have a chance. If they can get pressure, if they can win up front, is with any football game. If whoever wins the line play you know, I think they can win it. So I think the front seven of Notre Dame's defense this year, um, and they have a lot of depth. So if they have guys that go really hard for three plays or a series, and then they know that they can roll in some other guys to keep people fresh. I think that that's going to be their biggest opportunity to win the game is actually that the front of the defense being able to outperform. And you did mention a really good point. Like they, they do have to protect 20 Crawford. He, he, the mismatches were pretty bad, and they're they could possibly only get worse versus Alabama. Go I, ahead, Dilly.
5: I would be more confident in the offense because Alabama's defense has been exploited by mm-hmm. Ole Miss and even Florida last week. So well,
3: Florida's offense is really good too. Uh, to be yeah. Fair.
5: Uh, well, it's only Kyle Pitts, but that could be a conversation <laughs> for a later day. But regardless, they're they have been exploited. There yeah. can be some mismatches. I mean, you could try to ball control all you want. The problem that's the problem, but. Alabama could just push the pace with those deep balls because Mag oh, Jones is so You're not going to
3: necessarily control the ball when they have the off, the ball in offense. Yeah. But the point is keep the ball away from them. Yeah, is, no, is, I agree. Is the but only way you can do it. Look, they
5: can score in 30 seconds, you yeah. know, three drives. That's you know?
3: why I think the only chance they have is if they somehow contain them to like, and we talk about this with Tim Priester coming up in the next interview, you got to contain them to like 40 yeah. and score 45. And I don't I just don't know if you're going to be able to do that in this one. I have one other thought, but I can't remember what it was anymore. So we'll probably (laughs) try to circle back on that uh, a little bit later on. Uh, Still to come. We have our predictions and our results of our poll. Who do you think will win the national championship this season? A lot of homers in this one, but Notre Dame still doesn't win. So that shows you the state of the mind of the Notre Dame fan right now. Tim Priester of Irish Illustrated joins us next to weigh in on what happened versus Clemson, where the Notre Dame program sits, and his take on what it will take for the Irish to beat Alabama. That's next the Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Christmas edition of Irish Sports Saturdays. Hi, my name is Josh. I'm Nino.
5: And I'm Talia from Marion High School. I'm Zach. I'm Marie.
2: I'm Tao. And I'm Liam from St. Joe High School. We are the Redeemer Radio Sports Internship Crew.
5: We wanted to thank all our sponsors and supporters for making our internship possible. And wish all of you a very Merry Christmas. While there are no game
2: broadcasts during Christmas break,
5: we are excited to begin covering games again in 2021. Merry Merry
0: Christmas. Christmas!
3: Welcome back on Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. Angel DiCarlo, Kevin Downey. Our special guest this week is Tim Priester of Irish Illustrated. Been covering Notre Dame football for nearly four decades. Was at the Clemson game last week. Will be at the college football playoff semifinal this Friday versus Alabama. Here's my conversation with Irish Illustrated's Tim Priester on the State of the Irish program heading into the playoffs. I'm not even sure why we're playing this game here in the college football playoff, uh, because you know why not go play the Orange Bowl and get a victory and feel good about yourselves rather than getting your butts kicked? I feel like that's the uh, the mindset from Notre Dame Nation. As a longtime Notre Dame reporter and an alum of the school, what what's your take on this mindset from fans of all of a sudden don't accept a bid? Let's let's not get our let's not get embarrassed on the national stage again.
0: Yeah, one might think that after doing this for 39 years, I would be able to put that criticism in perspective a little bit better, but <laughs> but, 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 I cannot. Yeah, I, I, you know, I mean, everything that's been accomplished in the last four years is thrown out the window, and on Sunday, Nordame got the bid <laughs> to the playoffs for the second time in three years. Look, I get it, and I realize that Nordame is not at the level of Alabama or Clemson as a whole or Ohio State as a whole. You know, no one else is either at Notre Dame is right in that next tier behind that front three and you'd never bypass an opportunity to win a national title I I, I realize the odds against Alabama it's going to be really really difficult I don't know how you stop Alabama's offense or averaging 50 points a game Uh, I think Notre Dame can make some inroads themselves offensively it sure would be nice if Jared Patterson was available to him at center, because it's a, it's a pretty by Alabama standards, it's a pretty pedestrian defensive line uh, and even linebacking core. They're really good off the edge, but Hey, it's going to be difficult, but man, you know, I really think that that Notre Dame fans and and football fans in general should stop and smell the roses a little bit sometimes because this has been a, a, a tremendous year for Notre Dame. When you consider the pandemic, And everything that Brian Kelly has done, the discipline of this team, the performance against Clemson the first time around, going to North Carolina and winning that game, it's been a great year. It could very well end up on two losses, uh, but, you know, nobody beats Alabama, and very few teams beat uh, Clemson, and Notre Dame was one of them this year.
3: If they lose by 30 or 40, is this season a disappointment in your eyes?
0: I think the conclusion to the season is – is disappointing, but that's where we are in college football right now. There are three super teams, and those three teams win most of the time. They go to the playoffs most of the time. I really should say, two teams go to the playoffs most of the time because Alabama and Clemson. Yeah, are I ones. almost I almost look at Six it as Alabama
3: seven. and Clemson are on one level. Ohio right. State's the second, and then, and Notre, then Dame's, uh, Notre Dame's Notre yeah. Dame's in this with, next group
0: with Oklahoma. With I guess you throw LSU in there because they were so dominant. Or last maybe year, Georgia. They're not, they're not a, yeah, Georgia, certainly, yeah. You know, look, I I mean, I'm not saying that, that people should accept failure or that they should accept not finishing number one, but we have to be a little bit realistic about where, where things are in college football right now because nobody else can beat Alabama and Clemson.
3: Will people remember the Notre Dame-Clemson regular season game in 10 years or will it immediately be like, yeah, that was great, but – and that butt is going to come up immediately because of Trevor Lawrence, and then the result of the semif- uh the AC championship game.
0: Yeah, but but that's not reality either. That was a tremendous win by Notre Dame. Oh, and, it and is. That's what I'm out, saying. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's no doubt that Uyangalele. You know, he threw for 439 yards, but he's not Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence dominates the entire Temple of a game. I said this the other day, and I and I'll stick with it. In terms of the most complete college complete college quarterback that i've ever seen trevor lawrence is it when you combine the accuracy throwing the football uh, the play fakes that he carries out which are a huge part of his of their offense's success and then that the running aspect of it he Ange, he threw a block on a running play I, the other that day that play was amazing i mean the, the he does absolutely everything he is You know, Peyton Manning was fantastic. We think of Patrick Mahomes now, but we didn't think of him in those terms when he was in college. There have been a lot of great college quarterbacks. I've never seen one more well-rounded and complete than Trevor Lawrence.
3: Tim Priester of Irish Illustrated joining us here on Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays, looking back at Clemson from a week ago and ahead to Alabama on New Year's Day in the college football playoff. Uh, Tim, let's hone in on some of the things from from last week's game. Offensive line – I don't know how to evaluate them right now. Obviously, they're they're up for the Joe Moore Award, but I feel like that's the old offensive line and maybe not this one, and that's not a shot at Josh Lugg or Zeke Correll. They're just not Jared pa- Patterson at, at center, and there's been so much rotation. I feel like there's not as much chemistry on that offensive line. What, what's your take on where the offensive line currently stands heading into this game against Alabama and the way they played against Clemson?
0: Yeah, it's been really unsettled the last three games, and I thought, I, I I still voted, I had a vote with all ACC, and I still voted Jarrett Patterson first team, because I thought he was playing outstanding, and I, and I don't see another center out there pl- that played as well as he did, but it has been unsettled, and Josh Lugg isn't a center. I will say that I don't think that he looks as mobile as he did last year when he was playing right tackle, and I think that he kind of needs to maybe reshape his body going into his last year as a, as a fifth year senior next year. But uh, no, I, I, don't, as, as a whole, I don't think the offensive line played very well against Clemson. Not having your starting center has something to do with that. Um, a lot of guys in the box. though, man, I mean, they, they put a lot of guys in the box and they're aimed to throw the football down the field book was a little hesitant. Guys weren't open. Um, so it, it's very difficult to run block when there are seven or eight guys in the box. Uh, but it wasn't it, it, you know, it wasn't one of their better games. And so now as you go into Alabama, you know, as I said, I, I do think there are some inroads that, that can be made against the Alabama defensive line. I love their guys coming off the edge and I don't see anybody on their D line really distinguishing
3: himself you mentioned guys not open I got into a little thing with Javon McKinley's mom during the game out of all things during the game didn't anticipate that that she responded and I realized wait who's oh um, and you know she was saying I said guys aren't open that's why books not able to throw the ball as he scrambles for 1500 yards behind the line of scrimmage during the game just trying to make something happen were guys not open um, and how much was that Brent Venables making sure guys weren't open
0: Yeah. I think it's always a combination and it's always difficult for us to answer that question. You certainly can't, you certainly can't answer that question watching it on TV. Right. And then, and And I agree with that. Yeah. And in, in, in the stadium, we've got a, I've got a lot on my mind tracking the game. So to see everything that's happening downfield when there's a pass rush on the quarterback is difficult. I think there are a couple of things. One, you know, we've seen occasions this year where Notre Dame's receivers have had difficulty getting open. Now, that's going to happen to, to, to every receiving core, virtually every receiving core. Uh, but when you face a better defense, it's, it's going to be more acute. The other thing is when, when Brett Venables chose to compress the pocket on, on Ian Book, in other words, we're not going to give him that 45-degree angle run upfield like he had in the first game. When that happens, and it happened in 2018 in the Cotton Bowl against Clemson, it's very difficult for a six foot one Ian Book to see the middle of the field, and and I think I think that was happening uh, to him as well. So I I always like to say that it's never one thing in football because there are so many moving parts, and I think in this instance I think that Ian Book had difficulty seeing the middle of the field because of Brent Venables' approach. And Notre Dame's bigger wide receivers, you know, McKinley and Skronic aren't guys that necessarily consistently create separation with cornerbacks. They're bigger receivers. Yeah. They don't have quite as much speed. So I think it's a combination. And it was a, at the end of the day, it was a total offensive failure. And, and, and that falls on Tommy Reese, too. He's, he would say that himself. He's the coordinator. He needs to come up with solutions to score. And they didn't score a touchdown until late in the game.
3: Was this a matter of Tommy Reese being taken to school by the veteran Brent Venables then?
0: I, I think Brent Venables outcoached Tommy Reese, and I think Tommy Reese outcoached Brent Venables on November seventh. I mean let's be let's be real about it, let's be fair. Uh the different the difference was greater the second time. Sure. You have to I this has to be taken in consideration too. Clemson's back was against the wall. They had to win to make the playoffs. Yes. And it's only human nature. I'm not saying Notre Dame didn't play hard; they did. I thought they played hard and competed. I don't know that i I don't know that I had as good a feel of that in person as I did when I came home and rewatched the game and had a really. I thought Notre Dame played played hard.
3: Tim Priester of Irish Illustrated joining us here on Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. What would have to happen for Notre Dame to beat Alabama?
0: Well, Notre Dame's defense needs to play at its highest level and it's played at a very high level all season. Having said that, Alabama hasn't scored less than 35 since the 2018 season. I I think it is. So uh, they're averaging 50 a game. You have to. um, man. I don't, I don't know where you start because I have people telling me, well, you can't let Devontae Smith beat you deep. And then, you know, we know Brian Kelly's approach is stop the run. If you don't, if if Najee Harris rushes for 215 yards, they're going to be able to do whatever they want to do through the passing game as well. So that part is problematic, and I don't have an answer to that. Uh, The the, the Notre Dame offense versus Alabama defense, really Notre Dame kind of needs to win somewhat of a shootout without playing up-tempo football offensively because Brian Kelly's already said it. He yeah. said it on Sunday that they probably have to possess the football and that's worked well for this offense this year and that plays to Notre Dame's offensive line. So, I think it starts with having a really big offensive day and then somehow making <laughs> making some inroads against that offense, maybe creating a couple turnovers if you can hold them if you can hold them to Man, I don't know what the number is signs. <laughs> I mean, 42 is probably About the limit, the best you can do, 38 maybe. If you can hold them to 38, maybe there's a way to outscore them, although that's still a lot to score. I
3: was going to say, it seems crazy to say you have to score 40 on Alabama. (laughs) That's where where you're at. Now, the only way they're going to score 40 on Alabama is if they actually score touchdowns in the red zone, which that has probably been their biggest Achilles heel this year or maybe the biggest knock against Tommy Reese's offense. Uh, do you agree with that? And and why do you think that is such an issue?
0: Uh, I agree with it. That is that's the that's the most significant chink in Tommy Reese's armor up to this point of his coordinating career. And that includes the camping world bowl against Iowa State when they had a couple drive stalls. So um yeah, that that's that's on him. Again, I you know I'm not pointing a finger per se, but he's a coordinator, so that's that's his job. Now the personnel you don't have Chase Claypool, you don't have Miles Boykin, and those two guys were certainly good to have. I don't know why Michael Mayer hasn't been targeted more in the red zone. That that's perplexing to me. Although I guess he was against Clemson on November seventh and he dropped the ball, uh, but that's that's no reason not to go back to him. You throw the ball high to Michael Mayer. Um, you know McKinley had a good day. I don't know if it was quite in the red zone, but inside the 25 against Syracuse. But other than that, you know, he hadn't scored a touchdown. So they don't have a lot of personnel alternatives in the red zone right now. Um, So that hurts. But, you know, he's had a full year and Tommy Reese needs to come up with ways to solve that problem.
3: Can you remember a game Notre Dame has gone into where ahead of the game, no one gave them a shot? As much as this one. Because remember, in 2012, as much as that ended up being, I mean, no business being on the same field as them, we thought, because there was this magic around them, that they were going to, they at least were going to keep it close because they had been pulling rabbits out of hats all year. Have you, do do you remember a time when they've been this much of an underdog. And I don't mean just the point spread. I just mean in general that no, everyone's like, yeah, no chance.
0: Not really. Cause it's Alabama, you know, 2012 at Oklahoma. I don't think too many people figured they would win that game going to Georgia last year. I don't think too many people figured they'd win that game, but this is Alabama. This is, this is firmly entrenched Nick Saban, Alabama, uh, going for his seventh national title, or I think that's what it is. Six at Alabama, or whatever it is, um no, no, but that is that's where Alabama is right now because we know Notre Dame's a very good football team I mean let's be real about this that's what that's what's so upsetting in dealing with fans that after you lose the Clemson game, what the sixteen game winning streak didn't happen the the win over number one Clemson in Notre Dame Stadium, and I realize they had advantages, not yeah. only Trevor Lawrence being out but Tyler Davis. James Skalski. James Skalski made as much of a difference in this past weekend's game as almost as much as Trevor Lawrence. So um, the odds are stacked, but <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm going to um, I'm going to hold on to the, the Notre Dame offense with a chance to make some inroads against Clem, uh, Alabama's defense as the thing that can spark them in that direction. But it's going to take more than a spark.
3: All right, Tim, thank you very much for joining us. Merry Christmas and uh, safe travels down to uh, the Rose Bowl in Texas.
0: I miss you, man. I miss seeing you in person. I know, I know. It's so weird. (laughs) Thanks, buddy. Thanks, man. Appreciate it.
3: We technically still don't even know if they're going to call this the roast bowl. If they don't have the rights yet or something, it's still a <laughs> weird thing. Uh, that's Tim Priester of com. If you like what you're hearing here, you want even more insider information, irishillustrated.com, absolutely the best in the business
1: yeah, for insider information. Uh,
3: what are your general thoughts on what uh, <clears throat> Tim had to say?
1: Yeah, I, I well, I guess the biggest thing would be fans do have a, a quick memory. <laughs> this is a very good Notre Dame team. I know Alabama's a big favorite, but there's a chance. <clears throat> They're in the game. We got a chance. Uh, Notre Dame has a chance to to win.
3: Yeah, well... What, though
1: the odds be great or small, odds? <laughs>
3: <laughs> All right, well, we will get our predictions in momentarily after this commercial break and look at who wins the national championship uh, in terms of the fan vote that we had on, on Twitter. Notre Dame Federal Credit Union has become the bank of choice for a great many Catholic parishes and schools in our listening area. This fall, Notre Dame FCU will once again provide hundreds of thousands of dollars to support these partners, including another 70000 for the Marion Knights. Does your bank do that? Notre Dame Federal credit union URA share values. Why not share in our benefits? Predictions are next on Notre Dame FCU's Irish Sports Saturdays. Michael Carlo, Kevin Downey back with you here. Ilya Glassman, our board operator, chiming in with his thoughts as well. Notre Dame, Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. Our poll question, who wins the national championship? Alabama got 43% of the vote. Clemson got 21% of the vote. Ohio State got three percent of the vote Notre Dame got 33 percent of the vote <laughs> my opinion on this is uh most thought Alabama was gonna win the Notre Dame diehards that said they're gonna beat Alabama figured well why not if we're beating Alabama then we can beat Clemson in the third yeah. game might as well at that point uh who are you picking Kevin to win the national championship who do you think wins it
1: well for the Humber vote I go Notre Dame but I will say I think realistically Clemson actually has a, a really good chance to me just because they've had to overcome adversity um then I would just love to play for Dabo as a person. <laughs> I I'm going with Clemson.
3: I think Clemson wins the national championship. <clears throat> Ilya, what do you got? Who do you think wins the national championship?
5: Um I don't <laughs> I don't know. It's so hard to choose between Alabama well, you... and Clemson because they're both just so similar. But if uh, Alabama is <laughs> somehow able to get through Notre Dame, somehow. I'd have to be able to pick Alabama. All just... right.
3: Uh, Clemson 10-1 versus Ohio State 6-0 and Friday, 845 New Year's Day on ESPN in New Orleans at the Sugar Bowl. What do you think happens in that one individually, Kevin? I think Clemson's
1: going to win that one. Yeah. Uh, I got. What do you got? I would almost say convincingly, but I don't know. Ohio State's pretty good too. Yeah, I'm, it's hard to know how good yeah. Ohio State is. They haven't Six played. Games. I'm
3: going to go with Clemson winning that one, 38 to 20. Uh, Ilya, what do you think?
5: I, I think it's actually going to be closer than okay. most people think. Uh, but I think yeah, Clemson. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, he's just too good. So I, I'd go like. 10-point range, 7, 10-point range, something like that.
3: All right, Alabama, Notre Dame, New Year's Day, 5 p.m. That's Friday at Jerry World in Arlington. was supposed to be in Cali. They moved it over there. College football playoff semifinal. If you're Nick Saban, what worries you most in this game?
1: COVID. His guy's got to go home for <laughs> for Christmas break. That's scary. And fair. that's scary because you lose enough guys, or the certain right guys. Ooh, oh, you were, saving, you were saving that one. <laughs> All right, prediction. What do you got for Notre Dame, Alabama? Oh, I'd love to say that Notre Dame's going to win by a point somehow, some way. But i actually look cheating looking at your score prediction. That means Notre Dame still plays pretty well.
5: I think you may be on on this one, Lodge. All
3: right, what do you got, Ilya? Real quick.
5: I, I want to go Quick. Notre Dame so badly. I, I've gone Bama by 10. <laughs> wow. I I go in Alabama 45, Notre Dame 27. Yeah. It's as simple as that.
3: I, I mean, and in fact, I don't know if it's going to be cl- I don't know and what's going to And that's Notre happen. Dame playing well. That's Notre Dame playing well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but they could also win. Could, they they could. Now we got to get out of time. That'll do it for <laughs> our show. Reminder, Notre Dame, Alabama will meet 5 p.m. New Year's Day. We will be back next Saturday at 9 a.m. to recap the game. You know, are we talking about them going to national championship or recapping the season? That'll be tomorrow, next Saturday morning at 9 a.m. Thanks to Ilya, our audio operator for Kevin Downey. I'm Angel DiCarlo. Merry Christmas, everyone. Um, We will close our pregame the way the Irish close their pregame in prayer.
2: Hi, this is Father Nate Wills. I'm a Holy Cross priest, a faculty member at Notre Dame's Alliance for Catholic Education, and one of the chaplains to the Notre Dame football team. This is a prayer that the players pray together at the end of our pregame mass let us pray grant we beseech you o lord our god that we may enjoy continual health of mind and body and by the glorious intercession of mary our lady may we accept the joys and trials of this life
1: and someday enter into eternal happiness we ask this through christ our lord amen go irish
2: This has been a presentation of Redeemer Radio Sports. Thanks for joining us for Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. Looking for a fresh way to start your day? Need a little pick-me-up for your faith in the morning? We've got you covered with the Daily Refill. Join me, Andrea Serrani, weekday mornings from 7 to 8 for the best Catholic podcast, stories of faith from around the world, and right here in our own community plus some fun and games to help us start our days with faith and joy. Tune in weekdays at 7 for the daily refill on Redeemer Radio and in the Redeemer Radio app.